She's a motivator, a self-made multimillionaire, spiritual guide to students in over 90 countries, nutritionist and wellness educator, and founder of three international schools. A fine artist whose works can be found in private collections around the world, a fierce defender of children and animals, and a former Wall Street attorney who left the concrete jungle for the tropics over 20 years ago, where her life's mission has been to teach people all over the world how to master their energy, reclaim their personal authority and sovereignty, and develop a real relationship with the true Jesus. But to us, she's our mom, who loved us unconditionally from birth to now, who has been there for us 24-7 our entire lives without fail, always putting us first. The mom who protected, nurtured, empowered, and initiated us, making us her number one priority for the past 22 years. The mom who creates a home filled with love, empowerment, support, and guidance. Laughter, fun, and really good food. And now, welcome to She Can Have It All with your host, Leanna. Aloha, everyone. Welcome back to She Can Have It All. This is your host, Leanna. So today, we're going to be talking about, I think, probably the most important issue in life, in in managing life, whether it's parenting, relationships, any aspect of your life, health, really just life in general, and that is mind mastery. And for those of you who have heard me speak before, you've been in my community for a while, you have undoubtedly heard me speak of this topic repeatedly. I speak about it often. I mention it in a multitude of contexts. And I truly know for a fact that the ability to have mastery over your mind is the most essential tool that you can have to live your best life. And of course, the impetus behind She Can Have It All is really speaking to people who are moving into higher frequencies in their life, going beyond the duality, going beyond the matrix, going beyond the all of the programming that happens in society and the numbing out. I'm speaking to people who are looking for much more in their life and a lot of the people who talk about these types of topics, business, if you want to call it that, or optimum human performance or mental performance or health optimization, they're usually not talking about all the things. And I teach about all the things. So I definitely will be talking about all of those things. And coming from a perspective of being a mom who raised and is still raising two kids. I mean, one is an adult, but she is still at home. She's my daughter. So we are still engaged in different type of parenting, but parenting nonetheless. And from the perspective of somebody who built self-made multi-million dollar companies. And most of the people in the space of human optimization are males for the most part, if you haven't noticed. And most of them, if not all, are coming from a distorted patriarchal mindset and having lacking of understanding of divine masculine and divine feminine. And so they fall into one of two camps, you know, either the ultra bro science, patriarchal alpha vibe, or they're coming from the, what they consider to be spiritual. It's more like the new agey, chill, almost beta vibe. And they're both stuck, right? They're both stuck in the duality. So I find very little of that helpful for someone trying to achieve an optimum soul journey, not just succeed in business. There's people way more successful in business than me. 
And there are people who are doing things that are great and wonderful. But for me, it is and always has been about living your dream life, being happy all the time. And yes, that's possible. (laughs) Being peaceful internally. And now you can track that on your aura ring, which is something I've been sharing a lot on Instagram lately. And just waking up every day full of joy, full of gratitude, and with purpose, with passion, with determination, with no stress, and being healthy mentally, physically, emotionally, not needing antidepressants, not needing to to numb out with weed, with alcohol, with TV, with porn, you know, all the things that I talk about all the time. And again, if you're new, welcome. If you are a student of mine forever, you've heard this and you'll continue to hear me saying all these things. So when I asked for topics today for what to share on a podcast, because I felt very strongly that it was time to do episode four. And so then when the mood strikes, I record And I got so many great responses from you guys, everything, a lot of relationships, but everything from relationships to sex, to navigating life after leaving a toxic family or cutting off a toxic parent, to money, finances, business. A lot of people ask for business support. And so, you know, with 12DB School, I have a lot of posts on there for those top for business topics specifically. And of course, 12DB School is like the master course in the 12 universal laws and how they apply to business. And I will definitely do some podcasts as well, specifically on business, because it's one of my favorite topics. But with all of the variety of answers that I got or suggestions that I got. And they're all great. I love them all. They are all topics that I could speak on. I definitely was leaning towards parenting. And I thought, you know what, that's a podcast that my kids should be on, at least for the first one. I'll probably do many topics, you know, many topics within the general topic of parenting. But I thought for the first one, I definitely want to invite my kids to do that. They've already both shared with me that they would love to do that. So that will be coming up maybe the next one. I just need a little bit of planning with them because they do have their activities, their life, their planning ahead. I'm a little bit more spontaneous. And so I can't just, you know, yank them from something they had planned for today to be like, Hey, I'm doing a podcast last minute. Um, so I will do that coming up soon. So I soon realized it became very clear to me after reviewing all the topics that the best topic to address at this point in our journey is the topic of mind mastery. And I really feel like I could teach on this every day of the week and still have more to teach because I truly believe, I mean, it's something I'm still working on more nuanced areas. And even in my psychology program, all the things I'm learning from research, not necessarily that anybody's applying the research, but there's a lot of research out there in things like focus and drive and what makes somebody internally motivated versus externally. And all of these different things, the mind, the brain is fascinating. I've been studying the brain for at least 30 years, really longer than that. And I have been fascinated with the brain since I was a child. I have shared with you many times that my very first book at the library at five years old was a red covered hard, um, hardback book called The Human Brain. And it was a medical school type book with a lot of terms that of course I didn't understand at five, but I was still fascinated and would ask my parents to help explain, which they were able to explain some, but not all of what was in that book. So the human brain continued to fascinate me my entire life. And I also was in a think tank at Johns Hopkins 
for studying gifted children. I mean, so many different things that I could tell you and share about the brain. And I believe that everybody has an awesome brain. I do know for a fact that people's brains are different. And some people have trauma brains. So they have areas of their brain that are a little bit disengaged or sluggish. People who have had some damage to their brain from hardcore drugs. But I also know, and if you've taken my class in neuro-optimization, which is an elective for HMI nutrition school, but anyone can take it. There are specific things you can do to actually grow neurons. You can grow new neurons for your entire life. Whereas they used to believe that neurons stopped growing in your twenties. So I highly, highly, highly recommend you taking the neuro optimization program. If that's something that interests you, like how do you keep your brain on top? How do you keep your brain functioning at optimal levels? And I can tell you that is the one thing that really prevented me all throughout high school and college from even trying weed. Like I've never smoked a joint. I've never even tried it, never held one in my hand, never done any kind of drugs in my entire life. And the one thing I think that at that age where, you know, most people are very impressionable that kept me from that was my dad always telling me, honey, you, God gave you a perfect brain. Don't mess it up. Don't ruin it. Don't destroy it. Don't damage it. And he explained to me, you know, what happens with drugs and brains. And it wasn't those commercials from back in the day. Anybody who's old enough, you remember the, you know, this is your brain on drugs and it would show a, an egg frying in a pan and very dramatic that, that had no impact on me because I already knew it just wasn't something I was going to do. I was never going to introduce drugs into my life and still never have at 52, almost 53. And I'm a huge believer in uh, brain supplements and supplements that enhance cognitive function and help with just any area of brain health and brain nutrition and forms of magnesium that are great for the brain. I mean, again, I could literally teach on the brain every day of the week and still have more to teach just with what I've learned over the past 30 years. And I'm continuing to learn more to this day. I'm constantly reading about research on the human brain. So I'm bringing it into focus today for this podcast to talk to you about mind mastery. Now, why is that so important? Why is that such a powerful concept? Well, it's a powerful concept because every single thing in your life from the minute you wake up until the minute you go to sleep and even during your sleep is going to be controlled by the contents of your brain. And the good side to that, the, the positive in that is that you can change any of that. You can change the contents of what's in your brain. You have complete and total power. And that's what I always do with all my programs, with all my teaching. I'm about empowering you to take the reins in your life. And of course, that's sovereignty, right? And to empower you to know that you have the ability to change what's in your brain. And it doesn't matter what your past is. Yes, there's traumas that have to be healed. There's inner children that have to be comforted and that can trust you. There are many steps in the journey, but at the end of the day, you and you alone have power over your own mind and no one, no one can change that unless you allow them. And I promise you, I promise you with all my heart and soul, that if you become a person who can master your mind and your mind becomes impenetrable, impenetrable, better than Fort Knox, <laughs> you will have so much more peace in your life because you're the guard. You're the one that opens the gate and allows things in 
or doesn't allow things in. You're the one that purges things out and doesn't let them back in. And I'm speaking from experience here because my brain is a quintessential Fort Knox. It's been that way my whole life. I don't let other people's ideas, thoughts, opinions, programming, uh, religion, whatever it is about other people, I don't let it in my brain. I am highly selective with what I allow. I don't think about other people unless I want to be thinking about other people. I don't let my brain go off on tangents. I don't let my brain go into any kind of fear or stress. And I'm going to be talking about that today because I have some things that I think can really help you. And because I have mastered my mind a long time ago, I've been doing this for a long time. I don't need any research showing me how to master my mind. I don't need any books of the Stoics or you know any of these things that people are relying on to learn how to master their mind because it's an inside job for me. And I believe that it can be an inside job for everyone. So I want to talk about how this comes into play and how mastering your mind intersects with being present in the moment. So being present, I consider to be an essential component of mastering your mind. Most people aren't present. Most people are going through their day, working or taking care of kids or whatever you're doing. And your mind is always multiple steps ahead of you. You're wondering what you're going to have for dinner. You're starting to think about next week, next month, next year, that vacation you're going to take, a conversation you need to have with your husband or wife. And that is constantly draining your energy. And it's also a sign that you are not in full and total mastery of your mind because you're allowing it to be hijacked by things that aren't in the present. And the issue with the present is that it is the only time you have power. Because yesterday is gone. Five minutes is gone. When I started this podcast 13 minutes ago, that's gone. I can't go back to that. And you never get that back. And you don't have an hour from now yet. You, you only have right now, this moment. And when I look at relationships and parenting and business, which are the three most requested topics from everybody who asked me or responded to my question, actually, you know, what would you like me to talk about on the podcast? All of those topics are really best served by a person who has mastery over their mind. And I will give you examples from each so that you understand what I'm talking about. And before I go into the actual examples, I want to share with you that what happens when you don't have mastery over your mind and a lot of bad things, only bad things. Okay. So everything negative that goes on in your internal world, everything is all happening because you don't have mastery over your mind. So think about that, write that down. Literally everything negative that goes on in your internal world is happening because you don't have mastery over your mind. And I'll take it one step further. Many things that are happening negatively in your external world are also happening because you don't have mastery over your mind. Now, not everything, not everything external because we don't control everything external, but we also know that we attract things into our lives by our energy field. So if you don't have control of your mind, total mind mastery, then 
inevitably you have attracted things into your life that are not great. Because let's say, for example, you have a lower belief about yourself, lower self-esteem, you have trauma, you have father wound, mother wound, we know all these things. And your mind is in a loop about what you deserve and what you don't deserve. And you attract a partner that is less than, right? Which makes sense. And that's also saying that you are as well, because you're attracting that, right? We're not, it's not about blame, but you, you bring someone into your life who is definitely not representing the highest version of what you could have in a partner. And so you suffer through multiple years of a relationship or a marriage unhappily struggling, trying to make it work, trying to force it, trying to fix the person, trying to fix yourself, all these things, that very situation, which now has affected years for some people, decades of your life happened because you didn't have mastery of your mind because you were still running on programs from your childhood. You were still running on programs from society. You were still running on programs from religion that said you needed to stay married, that you can't get a divorce or that you should force it to work or make it work. Or there's some kind of honor in staying together forever, you know, all these false programs. And you attracted the person to begin with because you had low self-esteem, low self-worth. You know, for me, sometimes I see my students, whether they're male or female, and I see them struggle in relationships. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what did they ever see in that person? That person is like so low frequency, male or female. Because what I see in my students is light and I see their gifts and their abilities and their talents and their wisdom. And you know, I'm seeing them paired up with somebody who, whose potential is much lower, whose frequency is much lower. But of course I understand why the question's really rhetorical and it's because mind, mind programs and they settled and they settled for what they thought they were worth, which was in all cases when people are not happy far, far below what they were worth. Now, again, you have to take a big perspective on that. You have to take a step back and say, well, you know, if you're not healed, like I'm speaking to you in, in my community, people are coming to these teachings. You have work to do also. So it's not that you were perfect and you were great and you were healed. And then you just attracted a loser or a narc or whatever it may be. But the reality is that a lot of people who are on this path, who are doing these teachings, who are really elevating your life and living, trying to live your dream life, making steps in that right direction and healing your physical health, your mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, money health, you're doing all the things, or you're doing part of the things on that path. You are elevating yourself. You're in the process of elevating yourself. And you find yourself with a partner who is not doing those things. Now I have clients and students who husband and wife are both doing the healing, both doing the work, both elevating themselves individually. And those couples are phenomenal. Those couples are people that I would love to feature on some of my relationship podcasts because they are people who did not start out that way. They're people who learned through healing and now they have amazing relationships and better parenting and even better businesses, right? So that's entirely possible. But for most people, that's not what happens. And of course, I'll go into all that very much in detail in relationship conversations, but it it all applies to mind mastery. Because if you don't have mastery over your mind, you will get sucked into less than desirable situations. And the same thing goes for parenting. 
in how you relate to your kids, you will definitely have less happy children and a less happy parenting life if you haven't mastered your mind. And you will also have a much less successful business life and much less successful financial life if you have not mastered your mind. So mind mastery is the key to truly living your dream life and having everything in your life that you truly desire. So having said that, let's start out with a very clear example, something I wrote about on my 12DB school Instagram. And it's this, I have a mentee in my mentorship program who I'm working very closely with and she's amazing. She is very focused, very driven and is embarking on a new business. And so she's very excited about this business. It's an amazing thing that was something that birthed through one of our sessions. And she is now in the process of implementing the beginning stages of this business. And she also has a lot of other things going on, not to mention kids. She's a single mom. So there's a lot going on here. And so she shared with me that she was experiencing a moment of financial freakout, which is totally normal. I don't care who you are. I don't care, you know, unless you are a billionaire by a trust fund, <laughs> you know, those are people that probably don't have freakout moments about finances, but everybody else, especially if you're on an entrepreneur journey, has had those moments and people who have jobs have those moments too. And it is definitely something that brings added stress to a lot of people in their life. And the problem is that people get stuck in those moments. And what I had written about on my Instagram page was that topic, the topic of getting stuck. How long are you stuck? What do you do to get unstuck? But taking it in depth, we're really talking about mind mastery here because I think a lot of people have a fantasy that there's going to be some point in your life where you never encounter fear, you never encounter stressful situations, you're just going to be gliding on a cloud and this mythical place. And every time I'm talking about living a dream life, which I have been doing for a very long time, the better part of 20 years now, a dream life is not, it still exists on earth, right? We're still interacting in the 3D, even if you have elevated your timeline and you've stepped out of the duality and you've chosen light and you're surrendered to Jesus and all the things, you are still a human being living on earth. And there is a very destructive misconception that having your dream life, having it all is going to put you in this mythical state where you don't encounter fear or you don't encounter stress. And that's not real. So we have to clear that up first and foremost, because in order to understand mind mastery, you have to understand you will face those situations. You will face things that need to be done that you don't want to do. You will face stressful situations. You will face certain fears that come up for you for different reasons at different times. You will absolutely face frustration. These are normal human things. And it doesn't matter if you do get to the place where you live your dream life and you've been living it for a long time, you still face those things because that's inherent to being a human being on this planet. And, you know, I feel so blessed that I am living my dream life and have been living it. And I see a lot of people who are super, you know, billionaires or they, they seem to have their shit together and they seem to be living a great life, but they're not that, you know, I see some of these guys who are teaching business stuff and business classes and business workshops, and, and they're super successful in the financial sector, 
you know, worth hundreds of millions, but they have really crappy relationships with their kids. They have really crappy relationships with their wives or their cheaters, or they just eat like shit. They drink, they get drunk, they smoke weed, they're domineering, they're controlling, their egos are out of control. I have still yet to this day, to this day, I've yet to find a single person who is truly living a dream life, like a real dream life where all, all the areas of their life are great, are wonderful, are in harmony. Never seen it yet. I'm trying to teach people to have that because I would love to see all of you guys have that. And it's completely possible. It's just that people tend to go heavy in one direction and then they forget all the other directions, you know, like entrepreneurs, right? And um, then they forget their families, their wives, you know, they start doing drugs, cocaine, whatever it is. So, you know, I, I have yet to see that. So I'm coming from that perspective and I'm telling you that from that perspective, you're always going to have to face different things that aren't always candy land. You know, it's not always rainbows and glitter and sunshine. Although it's a lot of that, there's also things that you come against that are just even normal everyday things. It is it is totally fine to experience frustration or annoyance or whatever it may be at different everyday situations. Now, of course, the more you work on mind mastery, the less you'll have of those things. The closer your spiritual journey is to the path of Jesus, the less you will have of those things for sure. I am annoyed by very, very little. It takes a lot to actually really annoy me. It takes a lot to actually frustrate me. And in the 22 years that I have been a parent, I have literally never yelled at my children. I've never raised my voice on my children. I've never punished my children. They're both amazing, well-adjusted, healthy, pursuing amazing paths, hardworking, dedicated, focused, loving beings, compassionate, kind, funny, great to be around. People in the, in the outside world always remark on how great they are, love being around them. So that happened by not ever being a person who gets stressed out by them or allows myself to react because of stress. And so I'm going to talk about that too. So I'm kind of covering business, <laughs> parenting, relationships all in one, but under the topic of mind mastery. So getting to this business example with my mentorship student, my mentee, she came to a freak out moment. She said, oh my gosh, I was freaking out for a minute about finances. And I thought maybe I should sell my car. And that's normal. That's normal because that's fight or flight. And when you feel the emotion come up, you feel fear, you know, you have kids to raise or you have bills to pay. You start thinking, what can I do to shift this situation? And what the panic mind the fearful mind, the mind you don't have control over, wants to do is to get you to react. Now, you can have mastery over that and not react. That's the goal here. So what she did, she's definitely modeling some of the the things that I do. And that's obviously the, the purpose of a mentorship, but she's took a bath. <laughs> she said, I took a time out and it shifted my whole perspective. And that's all it took. Now, that might not be all it takes for somebody else. She's obviously come a long way. She's done a lot of healing. She's been through extreme challenges in the past couple of years with a very, very toxic, uh, high-level narc ex-spouse, and she has moved through that seamlessly. Now, she may not think it's seamless because she had a lot of ups and downs, but seamless in the sense that where she is today is freaking phenomenal. And it took a bath. That was it for her to get out of that panic freak out. Now for somebody else, 
that might not be at that level yet. They might just say, you know what, I'm freaking out. I feel like I need to sell my car. And it might take a couple of days to get out of that. Either way, you don't want to vilify that. You don't want to just pathologize that and make yourself feel bad for freaking out like that and panicking. But you have to gain mastery over that. And the key with mastery is that when you have mastery over your mind, you will always be able to stop yourself from reacting. So even if you're carrying that fear for a couple of days, which is less than ideal, you know, you, you want to limit that. If you can limit that fear to an hour or 20 minutes or to a bath, that's wonderful. And again, I truly believe that everybody can get to that place. But if you even have to hold on to that fear for a couple of days, that's okay too. As long as you stay in the observer role, you're observing yourself and you're not reacting. Reactivity is the downfall of everybody. It causes the most problems in your life because then you do things that are coming from a place of fear and you're allowing your mind to control. You're allowing your ego to control you because fear-based reactivity, reactivity of any kind, but in particular, fear-based reactivity is always a function of the ego. And it's an ego that has taken the reins. The ego has now sat in the driver's seat. It's driving your bus and it's driving it right to the place where you're going to sell that car. And that's not going to be the best decision for you. I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, 100% guaranteed truth. This is not subjective here. Whenever you make a reactive decision, it is the wrong decision. Because all of your right decisions, and yes, there is a wrong and a right. People don't like to accept that because they like to justify their wrong decisions. Well, that wasn't wrong. You have to be careful with right and wrong because people can use that against their own selves internally. And so it was wrong to get a divorce or my parents said it was wrong. So yes, this is a very complex topic, but there is definitely in terms of decision-making, right decisions and wrong decisions, and all of the wrong ones come out of reactivity. All of the wrong ones come when you are using your mind instead of your heart. All of your wisdom's in your heart. You already have all the answers within you. And that's a hard one for most people because most people haven't tapped into that yet, at least not fully. Maybe you can make some decisions from your heart, but the other ones you're making from your ego, your mind, same thing, ego, mind. And something that my dad taught me at a very young age was, you know, he said, honey, you will come upon decisions in your life, the big ones, the challenging decisions that are a conflict between the heart and the mind. It's always going to be a conflict between the heart and the mind and always go with the heart. Now keep in mind, heart is not emotion. Emotional decisions also coming from ego. That's the mind. Heart-based decisions mean you are making decisions from your higher self. Your heart is the gateway to God. Your heart is the gateway to the divine. Your heart is where God speaks to you and through you. But in order to access that, you have to be still, you have to be present. You have to allow feelings to move the way they will move. And you have to stop yourself from reacting. So that's exactly what my student did. She did not react. She took a bath and that worked for her. For some people, it might be, you know, taking a run or listening to some music, maybe journaling, maybe drinking a cup of cacao and journaling and running, <laughs> right? And sleeping or watching a movie to get your mind completely off of it and then come back to it or painting or drawing or playing with your dog. 
there are so many tools that you can use, but the point is you have to stop yourself from being reactive because reactivity is always the ego. Reactivity is always the wrong way to make a decision and it will never be for your highest good. Now, I have another student who did sell a car at one point. It was reactive. It was a reactive decision and it was definitely the wrong decision. And she knows that. She talks about it to this day. And she recovered from that. It, did, it's not, it didn't derail her life. So by saying something is the wrong decision doesn't mean you derailed your life. I mean, sometimes wrong decisions can and will derail your life, but many of the quote wrong decisions don't derail your life in one fell swoop. They just kind of slowly move you further and further off your ideal path. So in every life, okay, every time I look at a person, it's like they have basically what boils down to three life paths. One is the absolute lowest, worst life path they could ever live based on their decisions. The other is, it's okay, but it, it comes with a lot of struggle, a lot of stress, a lot of backtracking, a lot of going in circles, a lot of frustration, but it's, it's definitely not as low as the lowest low. And then there's your highest life path. And the beauty in all this is you get to choose that. And it doesn't matter what you did from yesterday and behind that. Today, listening to this podcast, you can make a decision. You know what? I'm only going to do things that are going to put me on my highest life path. That's what I want. I desire that. I deserve that. I'm deciding that today, right now, after Leanna's podcast. <laughs> so, you know, you can choose that. But every decision you make, you want it to come from the heart. When you're in reactive mode, when you're facing fear, when you're facing stress, your mind wants to take over. The ego wants to take over because it's been in control for your whole life for most people. And you're trained inappropriately. You're trained to think that your mind makes the best decision. Now, you know how much I love the brain and you know how much I love the abilities of a brain, of a well-oiled machine, which is this massively complex computer that is still vastly wild terrain to understand because the research hasn't even touched a fraction of what the brain is capable of. There's more. It's so exciting to me because there's always more. And that's what we're here talking about today, mind mastery. So I love the brain, but the ego, which runs the mind, which runs the cognitive processing, which experiences the fear, which experiences the frustration, which experiences the stress, cannot be the person in charge cannot be in the driver's seat. And sometimes you have to take a minute to stop that from happening because the mind is so used to doing it for you that it kicks into control. And it's like, I'm driving the bus. Don't worry, you get in the back. And there goes you and your heart. You're walking to the back of the bus, sitting there waiting. Or is this going to run? Is this bus going to run off the road? Is this bus going to crash into a lake? What's going to happen with this bus? Because now my ego took over. That's what reactivity is. So my one student who did sell her car, wrong decision, panic, fear, made it from her mind. She's doing awesome today. She recovered from that. So again, you don't have to worry that, oh my gosh, I've made a whole host of wrong decisions. Yeah, most people have. Okay, now it's time to move on and learn a different way. My student yesterday in my mentorship program didn't sell the car, took a bath and was over it, was over that fear. So you might be at any one of those ends of the spectrum, or you might be somewhere in the middle. But the most important thing is that you understand step one, which is that mind mastery is the key component to living your best life. And it is the key component to keeping you out of reactive decisions and out of decisions that come from the mind because they will never, ever, ever be the right decisions. 
Your mind does not know the correct life path. Your mind processes information. Your mind is a beautiful piece of machinery. Your mind is the most excellent worker in your workforce. Your mind is not the decision maker if you're living your highest life path, or if you want to be living your highest life path, because I can tell you, and I've told you this before, I've shared this with you before, the biggest and best and most important decisions in my life were not made in my mind. And they all turned out phenomenal. And when I left my law firm and decided to be with my daughter, raise my child and move to Hawaii, mind-wise, that would have definitely been seen as the wrong decision to walk away from the top ranked law firm in the world where I was on track to make partner. It sounds insane. And many people did think it was that. And those people that told me that, I wasn't listening to them because I looked at their lives and I didn't want their life. I didn't want to work a hundred hours a week and never see my kids and have a nanny and have a night nurse and be away from my family. And those people who are my age now, I mean, they look 20 years older than me. Why? Because of a life of stress. They're not living their dream life. They're very successful. They're prestigious. They're like in this book, that book for achieving all these things. And, you know, one of them is a DA in Manhattan and one of them is a um, attorney general in New York state. You know, they've done these really cool, amazing, awesome things, but they're miserable. They're absolutely miserable. So I knew that I, I future projected. I'm like, yep, I see where this is going. I don't want that. And so I stopped myself from making a reactive decision. And was there fear? Absolutely. Of course there was fear. I had spent years in college, years in law school and doing law review and doing moot court and getting a job at them, like literally the best possible place any person graduating law school could get a job at in New York City of all places. So even in that firm, it was the best office to work in and the hardest one to get a job offer in. And I was there and I was thriving there. I actually loved it. I loved my work. I especially loved my pro bono work and getting to help uh, Tibetan monks and nuns getting political asylum. That work was had my heart. I loved doing that. And we had all the firm resources and I could do all these things to help them get asylum and, and be away from the persecution they faced. It was one of the best times of my life. But then it wasn't anymore because then I had a daughter and I wanted to be a mother. And I wanted to be a mother, mother that actually was the one raising my child. And it was scary as shit because I was walking away from prestige. I was hearing everybody tell me I was crazy. I was going into motherhood for the first time, which I was, you know, totally unaware of what that was going to be like, because we all are until we actually have kids. And I was nervous that my brain wasn't agreeing with me because I knew what my heart wanted. And that was the pivotal conversation was the one I had with my dad where he's like, honey, remember brain versus heart. He's like, is this still what you want to do every day when you wake up in the morning? I'm like, no, no, I don't want to leave my daughter. I definitely, this is, this doesn't feel right to me, but my brain is, is freaking out. My brain's like, but, but school, but this, but money, but prestige, but you know, and he's like, do you feel happy every day going to work now? I'm like, no, I don't. I feel happy when I get home and see my daughter. And he's like, that, that's it. That's your decision. But there's nothing, you don't need to keep processing this. And so, you know, the story, <laughs> I, I left, I quit. 
And for months later, and this is the important thing too, even when you have mind mastery and you do not react, because reactive for me back then would have been like to stay. It would have been to stay and then it would have been to go back after I went to Hawaii. And I had probably about six months of intermittent freakouts because people were calling me, they were begging me to come back. They were telling me, okay, you had your fun in Hawaii, you know, come back, come back to New York, come back to the firm. And, you know, from the firm's perspective, I mean, they invest a lot of money in summer associates and then new associates and the training and you become part of firm culture and you have a book of clients and they want you to stay, you know, losing, losing an attorney after that much investment, it's a lot. So I had a lot of people trying to recruit me back to get me to come back. And my mind, my ego had a lot of freakouts about that because I'm like, yeah, that was just, it, it was working. It was great. It was lucrative. It was, you know, upward journey career-wise. And then I would hear programming from society in general saying, oh my gosh, like this is what women have to do. They have to quit their jobs and stay home with kids. And why don't men have to do this? And this is so patriarchal. And and I was like, wait, am I, am I doing that? You know? And it was like, no, nope. I am just listening to my heart. And by the way, I did work with a number of men who actually quit also when their wives had babies because they wanted to be a present father. And that life is just not that. It's just not. You're on Wall Street, you are a workaholic, and you are basically married to the firm, basically married to your clients, not present. You you can't be. I don't care what anybody says, you're gone a lot of the time. That's not a present parent. It's in, we don't like to categorize things like that, but that's reality. And so here I was in a top career. I was definitely not dependent on any man for money. Still not to this day, right? Uh, didn't change my last name when I got married. I mean, things that felt very important to me to not just succumb to the patriarchal bullshit. But at the same time, that had nothing to do with my decision. My decision was heart-based. And whether you're male or female, you should be making heart-based decisions. And I did, but that doesn't mean that I didn't freak out. So for a good six months, at least, I would say, I had intermittent periods of freaking out. So I want to emphasize that for you because it is normal for people to have freak-out periods. It is normal to have periods where you are not feeling 100% stable with your decision. And your mind is trying to yank you back into that reactivity. And your mind might be racing with all these thoughts and like a list of all these things were great. Look at this, look at that. How about this? How about that? And then before you know it, you're reacting again, even if you resisted reacting initially. So I knew I was committed. I have mind mastery. I'm like, I'm not, I, I made this decision from the right place. I'm not changing my mind. A, no matter how many people come out here to try to convince me, how many people call me up to try to convince me with all their reasoning, all of which is very true and accurate, but that is not how I make my decisions. And my Fort Knox brain was on lockdown. (laughs) Like you're not going to convince me. And as you know, as I've shared many times, the absolute best decision of my life That's the decision that precipitated all the best decisions that came after that. And the decisions that led to me being totally present with not one, but two kids totally present in my relationship, totally able to build 
a multi-million dollar company and be around my kids all the time and travel and have three months a year of vacations or more. I mean, whatever I want last year was three months and enjoy every single one of the activities that my kids have done, whether it's a, a golf tournament or a taekwondo belt testing or a paddling race or you name it. And that heart-based decision put my life on my highest life path. If I had stayed at the firm, that was not my highest life path. Would it have been a bad life path? No, definitely wasn't going down to a lower life path. But God speaks to all of us through our heart. And that's where Jesus was leading me because he was leading me exactly where I am today, doing exactly what I am today and teaching thousands of people in 90 countries around the world and seeing other people, seeing that decision of mine that I made, that heart-based decision to leave that timeline as an attorney, as a Wall Street attorney, that decision is now impacting thousands of people in 90 countries around the world. I mean, think about that. And that heart-based decision allows me to now teach this to you and to see so many people, so many people have better lives financially, better health, get off medications, weight loss, happier mentally, get rid of candida, get rid of narcissists, have much better relationships with their kids. That's probably my favorite. Every time somebody tells me their relationship with their kids is so much better. People who love themselves now who are suicidal, people who have passion and purpose in their life and are starting businesses that they only dreamed of, that all of that is because of mind mastery, mine my mind mastery. Because if I had reacted and allowed myself to make a decision based on my mind, based on fear, because there was fear there. There was fear of what am I going to do? How am I going to support my daughter? How am I going to move forward? How do I restart life in the middle of the Pacific Ocean? with a baby, a new baby. And by the way, I decided to get divorced at that same time, but had my, my soon to be ex with me, we moved together because neither one of us wanted to not be around our daughter. And that was something we jointly agreed on. So how was I going to navigate that divorce at the same time, divorce from someone who didn't want a divorce and still develop a really good relationship with him as the father of my daughter, right? So there were so many things to factor in that brought fear. And I looked at the fear. I was present with the fear. I was like, okay, this is scary, but you know, let that go. It's, it's gonna, I'm still gonna continue on this path despite the fear. And that's, that's one of the biggest tools of mind mastery that I hope by the time we're done with today's podcast, you can implement that. And that is the idea of letting go of the pressure of the emotion, letting go, dropping weight, dropping the heaviness of the emotion, whatever emotion it is that's trying to push you into reactivity. So using fear as an example, you will just allow yourself to have the fear. You're not trying to get rid of the fear. That's such an important point. You're not trying to get rid of the fear because that's pretty much useless. It's going to be there. If you have fear, it's coming up and it's going to be there. 
but it means allowing it to be there and then kind of surrendering to the energy behind that saying, okay, yeah, this makes sense why I'm fearful because I'm leaving a job. I'm leaving a place I've lived forever. I'm leaving this marriage. I'm embarking on motherhood. I mean, those were massive things I was doing all at once. Any one in and of themselves could have been fear justifiably. Just motherhood the first time, especially (laughs) can be fear inducing. I remember leaving the hospital after I gave birth to my daughter going, oh my gosh, we're, we're alone with this human now. This, for the rest of her life, she's going to be completely dependent on us, right? That's, that's fear-inducing for a lot of people. Maybe, maybe everyone, I don't know, definitely me. Was I going to be able to always do the best thing for her, the right thing for her, right? That, that felt like a lot for me at the time. And so the fear of that, the fear of getting divorced and handling that, the fear of not having a job, not having a career, not knowing what I was going to do, because I knew I wasn't going to practice law anymore. I knew Jesus was showing me to step away from that and to not take the easy way out and just practice law in Hawaii, because it wasn't just about moving. It wasn't just about doing the same thing in a different place. It was like, you know, you need to leave that behind. And you have to allow yourself to have the feeling without resisting it, without condemning it, definitely without trying to berate yourself for having it. I think a lot of people on this spiritual path do that because you think you're not supposed to have that fear. And when you see people that seem fearless, you see people maybe like me who makes these decisions and sticks by them and doesn't let fear get in the way, you think, well, I'm not being that way. So I need to be that way. But what's going on internally, it doesn't mean that there's no fear. It just means that I don't let it run me. I don't make decisions based on it. I don't react. I'm not reactive at all. And that's the real importance is that you don't punish yourself for having the fear or feeling that it's wrong. It's like drop any kind of judgment and understand that it's just a feeling. It's just a fear. It's just something coming up and you will release it eventually because you'll realize, okay, I can just drop the weight here. I can I can let it go. I can acknowledge that I have the fear and sit with it. And nothing wrong is taking place when you sit with fear. You just like, okay, analyze it internally. I'm I'm afraid. What am I afraid of? Well, I'm afraid about money, I'm afraid about being a good enough mother, I'm afraid about you know, my relationship with my husband, I'm divorcing him, whatever it is that you have fears about. Talk to yourself about it internally. Write it down. And it's not about anchoring in those fears. It's not about putting any extra energy on them or making them bigger. It's just about acknowledging what are they about? Where are they coming from? What am I actually afraid of? And do I really feel like I'm a capable enough person to move past this? And that's an important question because maybe you don't feel capable enough to move past it. And then you have to go deeper into that. But ultimately you have to just be with the fear. You can't have an expectation that there isn't going to be any fear. And you can't have any expectation that your mind isn't going to want to react. Because even when you have completely mastered your mind, like I have, those fears still come up. Sometimes frustration comes up. Sometimes annoyance comes up. And like I said, when you are really living a surrendered life, 
spiritually to Jesus, the true Jesus, you have very few and far between of the frustrations and the annoyances, but they happen for sure. And so do fears, but you're just never allowing them to take over your life and you're not reacting. So your decisions are always coming from your heart. And when you start to make decision after decision after decision coming from your heart, you're building your dream life and you're building your dream life on your highest life path. Because everything from the smallest decisions to the huge major decisions are being made from the highest frequency, which is coming from your heart. It will never come from your mind. And like I said, you can be the person that sold the car, which is the wrong decision, and you can recover from that. But what you don't want to do is get in the habit of doing that and making those lower frequency, mind-based, fear-based, reactive decisions because then you're building a life on a lower frequency and you're not going to achieve your dream life when you're making decisions based on that. And when you look at society, overwhelmingly the majority of people are making decisions based on fear, stress, anxiety, worry, programming. Nonetheless, whatever the individual emotion might be that they're making the decision on, they're making the decision from their brain. They're making their decision from their cognitive processing and they are making their decision from a place of reactivity. And you can always tell a person, the rare unicorn that is making life decisions from the heart because they're happy, they're excited, they're optimistic, they're peaceful, despite living in a world that has an enormity of pain and suffering and an enormity of problematic things going on. And the comfort in making heart-based decisions when you have mind mastery, and by the way, the only way to always make heart-based decisions is to have mastery over your mind because you've got to get the mind under control first. There's no way you're going to make a heart-based decision when your mind is racing and your mind is having you panic and your mind is, is having you make wrong turns. But when you begin to make heart-based decisions, you start to notice your world gets brighter. Your life gets happier. You feel more peace. You sleep better. You attract better people into your life because you start to attract other people who are making some heart-based decisions. Eventually, you'll be a person who can make every decision from a heart-based place. And sometimes you have to take a pause. You have to wait a few days before making a decision because you're not in a place where you're able to. Sometimes an emotion is so intense. Like let's say you might be super angry at somebody. Like let's say it's a really crappy person and they do something really crappy. And your mind has almost like an instinctive reaction. Your mind wants to act immediately. And you and your heart and your mind mastery has to put that to rest. You have to take that reactivity and talk it down off the ledge because your mind is on the ledge ready to jump and ready to go. I'm going to come to the rescue. I'm going to drive the bus. Don't you worry. You sit in the back. And part of you is like, yeah, you know what? Go for it. Ego, just go for it. Because I've seen you do it before and you you seem to be fine with this, but it's really not fine. Because again, those patterns of continually making decisions from a reactive place from your mind are what drive the bus into a brick wall. And I have seen students, I've seen students of mine who have made a lot of great heart-based decisions 
and they made heart-based decisions. They were following light. They were, they were letting the fear dissipate before making the decisions. And then for one reason or another, at the last minute, fear got a hold of them and they made a U-turn back in, into a wrong direction because fear got the best of them. They believed other people's programming. They were intimidated by, maybe it was an ex-spouse. Maybe they were intimidated by a court proceeding. Maybe they were intimidated by, it could be anything, a therapist, a lawyer, a judge, their parents. Their, they went into fear instead of empowerment. They had not mastered their mind, unfortunately. And instead of making a heart-based, high-frequency, love-based, Jesus-based, highest path, dream life decision, they made a decision that in their mind, they were able to justify, but it was all based on fear. And they put the ego in the driver's seat and the bus is headed for a brick wall. So the key takeaway here is in the process of mind mastery, you have to allow the fear or allow the stress or allow the annoyance or allow the frustration, sit with it, be with it, take a deep breath and not try to villainize it, not try to remove it from your energy space, but take hold of the brain, get that mind mastery and tell yourself, look, I am not, I absolutely refuse to make any decision from the cognitive processing. I'm not going to take in data and make the decision based on the data. And that's something that can be a struggle if you're a data person. Like I am constantly researching. I am constantly taking in data and information and I'm all about the facts. What are the facts? What's the objective reality here? But I never, ever, ever let that dictate my decision because I know that the highest decision is God speaking to me through my heart. It's a knowing, it's an inner knowing. And yes, every single person has that. You do not have to be psychic to have that. It's just not some airy fairy or it's not any kind of being able to have psychic ability or clairvoyance, none of that. No, it's your heart. You have that GPS within you where the divine being that created you, created me, created everybody and everything, speaks to you through your heart. That's your own personal Wi-Fi to God. And it doesn't matter how many facts, how many data, how many people, how many, whatever it is, fill in the blank, therapists, doctors, lawyers, experts. I mean, look at the scamdemic, right? Every expert under the sun seemed to be saying the same thing. Poison yourself, poison yourself. Then there was virtue signaling. Then there were celebrities pushing it. Then there was shaming. Then there was, you're going to die. You're going to kill grandma. You're going to like all these things, right? Full attack on every level to do what? to put you in fear. Look at how many people made the worst decision of their lives, literally the worst decision of their lives because of fear. And now they're, you know, suffering as a result. And if they're not suffering yet, we know they will be. So those are, those are the really awful decisions because that's not just selling your car. That's, that's kind of the end of the road. They've made a decision that has catastrophic consequences and there's no turning back from that. All the voices external 
putting people into fear, making people reactive, making people react quickly, hurry up, get it, get it done, do this. And then you had these like insane family members telling people, you can't come to grandma's 80th birthday. You can't come to, you know, people would tell their parents, you can't come to your, your grandson's first birthday You can't, because you're not vaxxed. So people were being persuaded. They did not have mastery over nobody, nobody who got vaxxed had mastery over their mind. If you survived that and you didn't get vaxxed, you didn't fall prey to the the big biggest psyop ever in the history of life on earth, you have a pretty freaking strong mind. You have a pretty freaking strong mind. So you're well on your way to mind mastery. So there's the good news. <laughs> but you may still be tempted to sell your car. And, you know, of course that's just metaphoric because sometimes somebody actually needs to sell a car. So I'm not, I'm not saying it's always bad to sell your car. I'm just saying that when you go into fear, when you are in a place where you're allowing emotions to dictate your decisions, you're allowing your ego to dictate your decisions, you are putting your brain, your mind, your ego, it's all the same thing in the driver's seat. You have no control over the outcome because you have now put the least capable person in the driver's seat. If, if each of your aspects of your being were like little people, you know, your brain, your cognitive self, your ego, least competent person to be making the decision because mine for sure would have sent me back to New York and would have sent me back to that career. And everybody around me, with the exception of my parents, everybody around me would have said, yeah, smart decision, Leanna, way to go. You finally did the right thing with this whole scene. You're coming back. You're coming back to the firm. You're coming back to New York. You just had a moment of craziness leaving. And that would have been one of the worst decisions of my life, for sure, for sure. And like I said, looking at it now, that one massive heart-based decision, because I had mastery over my mind, I didn't react led to this, led to today, led to now, led to all of you who have changed your lives because I changed mine and because I teach these things and because you are healing mind, body, spirit, soul, finances, self-worth, all of the things. And what we create when we make heart-based decisions is we create heart-based communities and we create heart-based families. I raise my children that way. I raise my children to make their decisions that way. I parent that way. So I said I would give an example from each area. So I gave the example of my student who took a bath instead of selling her car. So I recently took a trip with my son and it was a short trip. It was only three days and it was for a tournament. It was for a tournament that didn't allow spectators. So some of these tournaments at this stage of his career allow spectators, some don't. This was a no spectator. And it was just the two of us. My daughter was working. And my husband is recovering from knee surgery, as many of you know. He's doing great, doing amazing, perfect, but not good timing for him to be flying and taking this trip. So I'm like, no problem taking my son. And so I, I'm in the middle of, of a massive project. I am busier than I think I've ever been work-wise with expansion and an app being released and new programs and just so many different moving parts and mentorship students and business plans for mentorship students and illuminations and uh, 
website revamps and logos and tons of artwork I'm doing for this app. I mean, tons and tons of artwork and working with my team of people, working with the app development team. And like I said, I don't think I've ever been busier and I've, I've been loving every minute of it. This is such a fun thing for me. (laughs) I love what I do, but I did not really feel like going away. I love to go away usually. I love trips. Our trips are great. They're fun. We always do something really awesome on every trip we take. And as we did on this one as well, we had a couple of really awesome moments. I got to meet some incredible people and go out to dinner with friends. My son's friends, parents met them for the first time. It's super fun. Had, you know, had a, had a really nice dinner, but I didn't want to go. I'm like, I'm just right in the middle of all of this. And no matter what trips take big chunks of time out. And I'm like, right now we're like very short time before we're launching the app. And uh, this isn't, this is not ideal, but it is what it is. Cause it's this, it was an invited tournament, something he was invited to play in very prestigious, like very important. And my husband couldn't go. And I'm like, I'm it. <laughs> right. So of course I went. And, but again, th- my mind had aspects of this trip is, is not at a perfect time. It's a little annoying. And I felt that I felt all the things that anybody else would feel, but because I have mastery of my mind, I'm like, I'm not going to indulge in that because my decision's heart-based and I know absolutely this is the right thing. And I was saying to my husband on Saturday, because I was in the hotel by myself <laughs> and, uh, my son went out to the tournament with his caddy and was gone all day. And I'm like, I'm going to get a bunch of work done. But of course, it's not as productive when you're in a hotel. There's like different mild disturbances and it's just getting set up and I don't have my setup that I have at home and it's a different environment. It's, you know, if you've ever worked on the road, it's different. It's definitely different for me working on a laptop versus my desk, my huge ass desktop. And my office was custom built for me and I have all my furniture and my vibes and my diffuser and my candles and looking out into the jungle and it's peaceful and I don't get the disruptions and it's just, it's just better. It just is. And so I'm just feeling like I wasn't quite getting as much done. And then I was also thinking, well, I'm in a city, so I can do some shopping. So I did some shopping and I, then I ordered some things on, you know, Instacart and I'm trying out new skincare products, which was all fun. Believe me, I loved every minute of that and shared that on my Instagram friends and family. And, but I had intermittent periods of being annoyed until I reached a moment where I, 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 the mind mastery took over. I was like, okay, Leanna, get a grip, stop being annoyed every two hours or whatever, whatever it was, the feeling would come up. It's like, okay, I feel annoyed. I understand why it's perfectly reasonable. I have so much going on. I want to be doing these other things. I can't even watch this. Like it's, it's so different when I get to watch my kids do something amazing and awesome. That's joy for me, but it is not joy when I can't go. <laughs> I'm not allowed to watch. So I had this moment where I'm like, okay, enough with the annoyance. I understand why you're having the annoyance it's normal. It's to be expected because your schedule's thrown off and you had to stay up late. Like the day before we left, I had to stay up late to record illuminations. I didn't have to, I could have recorded it at the hotel, but I'm like, I don't want to have to do that. 
And so I was up till 3.30 in the morning the night we left. And I had to get up at 6.30 for our flight. So I was on three hours of sleep, which definitely doesn't help with annoyance. If you're, if you're ever going to be annoyed, it's probably going to be when you're like super tired. And I was. And so I said to myself though, okay, do you want to continue having annoyance every couple hours? And are you going to let this affect the rest of the weekend? Now, there wasn't any decision-making that was going to be made because of the annoyance, because I already decided I was going. Obviously, I went, but I was annoyed at the whole idea of me not even be able to watch the golf when I had so many things to do. And in fact, I got there, I flew, I had to get up at 6.30, flew there, and then my son immediately almost went off to a practice round with his caddy. And I took a short nap, which helped a little bit, but then I had a meeting. I had an app meeting with my app development team, my, my team and the, my personal team and the app development team. And so it, it was like one thing after the other. And I finally said to myself, okay, get control of your mind here because you're allowed to have these feelings. Of course, you're annoyed. It's, it's normal. It's fine. It's nothing to feel bad about. But is this really the state you want to be in for the rest of the weekend? You're going to be gone for three days. Like, do you really want to continue on this? So I sat with it and I actually stopped what I was doing. I stopped working. I kind of sat in a meditative space and I looked around the room and I saw my son's five pairs of shoes, his like three different golf shoes and his sneakers and his boots and whatever he had, his, his, his clothes, dinner clothes, nice clothes, golf clothes. And I looked around the room and I had this moment of like, oh my God, I'm never going to get this back if I don't enjoy every minute of this. And I have those moments almost every single day. I have the experience of future projecting every single day. And I'll explain how that's a big part of mind mastery in a minute. But if you've ever heard somebody say that you never knew what your last time was that you were going to ride your bikes with your friends and you just don't know when that day was, right? And you can look back at your life and go, oh my gosh, when was that last day? And so I was thinking that in this moment when I was experiencing the intermittent annoyance. And I actually thought about that exact topic, like the riding bikes with friends thing. And I was thinking back to my own childhood and I had so much fun riding my bike around my neighborhood. And, you know, pretty much every, every Christmas or birthday, I'd get a new bike and it was the ones with the banana seed and like the flags and like the basket, all the fun stuff. And I loved riding around my neighborhood with my, especially with my best friend. And we had so much fun and it was something I did. It was definitely an integral part of my life. And at some point it stopped. I don't know what point, I don't remember the day. I don't remember the, the very last day that I rode bikes with my best friend that was just gone. And she didn't move away. My family didn't move away. My parents lived in the same house until I was in my thirties. So I grew up in the same house my whole life and same neighborhood. And I don't know what happened. I don't know why that last day came or when it came, but it did come and it, it didn't exist anymore. And so I'm in this hotel room last weekend thinking that I'm like, wow, this is that. This is like these trips when my son is this age, when he's doing these things, I'm not getting this back. So if I spend any of my energy being annoyed and frustrated, 
then I'm taking away from being in the present, from being fully here. Because when you're annoyed or you're frustrated or you're in fear, any of those intense emotions, they actually take you out of the present because they're based on some other thing. So I was annoyed that I, quote, could be doing something else and needed to be doing something else. In my mind, I needed to be doing something else. And that's not being present. That's that's your brain putting you in a different scenario, which is not me in the hotel room by myself. That wasn't the scenario. I wasn't sitting in the hotel room going, oh my God, every second of this, I'm fully present. I wasn't even with my son. I was by myself, which was even more annoying, like I said, because I wasn't even enjoying the golf. I wasn't allowed to go. So I looked around, I looked at his things. I looked, I'm like, wow, this life, this, this part of our life where he's this age and I'm, and he needs me to take him to these things. And this is an integral part of what we do. And it's a huge part of my life. This is not going to be forever. And of course, all of the topics that I talk about interrelate, right? But I always also look at, I I do a lot of the future projecting and you guys know, I've always said that mortality and death is something I have learned so much from death as my teacher. That is a shamanic principle. It is something from having two near-death experiences and also having a death experience in a plant medicine journey. And so in those moments, I go instantly to that. I'm like, fast forward to when I'm a hundred years old, I'm like old. And you know, when you have children, when you give birth to your children, you are walking them into this life. You are escorting them into this life from the beyond. You bring them into the, the 3D. That's what you do as a mom. You, your body becomes this sacred, beautiful vessel for this child to be birthed onto this planet. And then at the end of your life, they're, they're strong and big and adults and healthy and happy. And you are on your way out and you are going to be walked out of this life by them. And you have to always be present with that to to master your mind. Mind mastery encompasses, it's not just neuroscience, it's not just brain knowledge and neurogenesis and neuroplasticity and stoicism and control. It's, It's all those things But at the core of mind mastery is the ability to be fully present. And in order to be fully present, you have to be aware of the reality of life and death and to be fully present. So when you're getting annoyed or frustrated or fearful, you have to look at your present and say, am I being fully present here? And I knew in an instant for those intermittent periods of being frustrated, I was being taken out of being fully present. So I say all the time that I'm always fully present and always fully present means in the moments where I see myself being pulled off of that, because again, human, you're human. There are going to be moments that pull you out of being fully present. You have to get right back in. That's mind mastery. That's part of the mind mastery. And mind mastery in that moment over the weekend wasn't about me getting back to work and doing more work and getting more done because I came home with a shit ton that needed to get done. And half the things on my to-do list that I thought I was going to do over the weekend that did not get done. It just wasn't, I had to spend hours doing other things because that was what was required in that moment in order to be in the moment. Yeah, I could have refused going to dinner. You know, my son had said to me, hey, my friend, his parents want to meet you and they want to go to dinner. And my first 
reaction, my brain was like, no, absolutely not. I don't have time. I can't be doing some big, long, extended three-hour dinner. I This is just not what I need to be doing right now. That was my brain. That was reactive. And that is 100% what I would have done if I was using my brain because I would have said it makes no sense to go to dinner with people I don't even know and leave behind all this work. We could just order in and get food delivered and I could just work. And that's not what I did because I got myself out of the annoyance. I got myself out of being out of the present. I came back to the present. I said, these are opportunities I'm never going to get again. And my son and this kid get along super great. And his parents, he, he, his, he wanted our, us to meet each of the parents. And I knew that that was important to my son. He was like, mom, I really would like to do this. Cause I asked him, I said, is that something you want to do? Do you really want to do? He said, yeah, I think it would be great and fun and meet his parents and just have dinner out and like celebrate us and how we played today. And so I said, okay, then that's what we'll do. And that's what I did. And it was the whole night. And so being present and having mind mastery meant that I was choosing my heart. I would, the decision was coming through the heart of knowing that dinner, that dinner's over now. That was last weekend. And I'm not getting that specific opportunity again. And that specific opportunity meant time with my son at this point in his life, at this stage. And happened to meet some really cool people who were both born in the exact same year I was. And we had actually a, a number of things in common, music. We talked about concerts and they'd seen just as many concerts as me. And he had been in the military for 30 years and did cybersecurity. So we had a really cool conversation about that. Um, it just turned out to be a moment that I will never forget, of course, mainly because I was with my son. And this is what mind mastery looks like in practice. It doesn't mean I don't get frustrated or annoyed or fearful or stressed. It means that when those feelings come to me, I get control of my mind really quick. And the first step in getting control of my mind is being present and looking around that room and realizing this opportunity is not going to happen again. And fast forward to me being 95 or 100, and I'm an old person who isn't doing all the things anymore. And no matter how healthy, I mean, my grandmother, my paternal grandmother lived to 105 and she was healthy as a horse and her mind, her brain, her mental acuity on point until the day she died, but she still died. <laughs> she was like, At some point it's going to happen. Right. And so, and she was more frail and she couldn't lift heavy things anymore. And she was a person who exercised every day. She walked several miles a day. She swam every day. She lived in a retirement community and did classical music concerts for everybody at the in the community, um, which concerts just meant she would play vinyl records of classical music. And she was very well-versed in classical music. And she would explain Beethoven and the different movements and the, you know, Rachmaninoff. I mean, she was brilliant when it came to music and arts and culture and whatever. So she was educating a lot of the people and she learned sign language in her nineties and she learned Braille and she eventually went partially blind herself. So she, by the time she went partially blind, she was able to read books in Braille and she would take books out from the library for the blind. I mean, you're talking about an amazing woman, my grandmother, <laughs> but she still died, right? And she was still 105 and she still needed help doing things. And she was not um, carrying luggage and taking trips and doing these things at that point in her life. So the reality is that that's the reality for every single one of us. If we're lucky, if we're lucky, 
right? If we're blessed, if, if the universe, God, Jesus blesses us to have a life like that, like what she had. So I'm like, right now in this moment, I'm anchored in the now. I need to snap out of this annoyance and I'm in the present. This is what I'm doing this weekend. And I made the decision, the initial decision to go and take my son was a heart-based decision. So now why am I allowing annoyance to come up every couple hours? And ego, right? Ego, mind. And my mind was like, I want to get this done. I want to get this checklist done. And I have these things before the meeting and I have to do this. I, I finally stopped it all. I got control. That's what mind mastery looks like. It doesn't always happen immediately, but it happens before I do anything reactive or make a decision. Like, you know, let's say somebody's annoyed and frustrated in that situation. Somebody might take that out on their child. They might project that it's the child's fault. And then, you know, if my son had come back from golf and I'm annoyed, I might have snapped at him or, which I never do. I'm just saying this. There are various ways where if you don't have mind mastery, you're going to do something you regret. You're going to react. You're going to make a decision that shows you do not have mastery over your mind. And your ego is the one that's annoyed. My ego is ego, it was mind, cognitive brain is annoyed. And there was reason to be annoyed because there were so many things I could have been doing other than sitting in a hotel room trying to work on my laptop without all the things that I typically use. It's, it's just more challenging. And there were some interruptions in the hotel. And so I snapped out of it really quick. And I had this moment of this, this is me being in the present and I need to do the things that are in this weekend. And for the entire rest of the weekend, I had zero annoyance. I switched gears and then I decided I will do minimal work because it's very frustrating to stop and start, stop and start. And there's too many other things going on here. And I will have fun. And we went shopping my son had a very early round on Sunday. He did amazing, by the way. He was five under par <laughs> for those of you who know golf. But in any event, we were celebrating that. And I went shopping and got some great things. And we had an amazing lunch and great conversation and actually had this conversation with my son. And I talked to him about being present and having mind mastery and really living in the moment and I was giving him the example of the bike riding. And I always try to teach my kids when, when different things come up for me, I try to translate that into something I can pass on to them in real time, you know, like in the moment. And which is obviously why I'm doing this podcast, because I want to do that for you guys as well. And hopefully it can be helpful. But we're sitting there having lunch and I was telling him many of these things. And I was saying, the bike riding example. And I said, you know, it's like with you, honey, I'm like, you're six foot one now. And, you know, I don't remember the last time, the very last time that I actually held you in my arms. And I remember pushing you everywhere in a stroller or a backpack, or you were in the little umbrella stroller in New York City at the San Gennaro Festival, which is this big Italian festival in New York City that whenever we would take our annual trip, sometimes twice a year trip to New York. And we would go to the San Gennaro Festival, which was always in September and, you know, just kind of walk around and play games and eat the foods that were vegan. There was tons of food that, you know, vegan options and just so many great things we would do. And I remember pushing him 
in the stroller. And I, I have this picture too, because it was just one of these moments where he fell asleep in the stroller with a container of gelato. It was chocolate gelato. And he fell asleep with it in his hand and his face was covered in chocolate. And right, I just have so many amazing, wonderful, beautiful memories. And I said to him on Sunday, I was like, I don't remember the last day that I pushed you in a stroller. I don't remember the last day that I held you, picked you up, carried you to your bedroom or carried you, lifted you up into your car seat in the car. I don't even remember the very last day that you used a car seat. Like I remember we had been talking about it for a while, like, oh, you're getting to be the weight limit. I mean, I waited to the last possible minute because I just am that kind of a safe, (laughs) safe mom. And, you know, there was a weight limit and a height limit. And so I waited till the very last moment, but I don't remember the exact day. And so now you're six foot one and you're driving and you're like a golfer and just all these things. Right. And I just don't remember when that was, and I don't ever want to not be in the present. So I've always lived my life in the present. I've always, I've been fully present with every minute of my kids' lives and I've never snapped at them or yelled at them or raised my voice because of this, because of what I'm teaching and sharing with you right now. And what I really am emphasizing and re-emphasizing is that even though I'm always in the present, again, always meaning not literally 24 hours a day, seven days a week, always meaning throughout my life every day. So periods of time during the day where I have an annoyance or a frustration or a fear, I get control of my mind. I don't allow that to cause reactivity, to cause me to make a reactive decision. And so as I was explaining this to my son, and I was like, always remember this, remember to be present at all times. And he had tears in his eyes. You know, he was crying. He's like, mom, oh my God. He's like, you can, you can carry me around if you want. And I would kind of laughed, but you know, of course he was kidding, but not, but not right from an emotional part. He wasn't, he was like, mom, oh my gosh, that's, you're making me cry. And I said, yeah, because it's so important. It's so important in your life to always be present and always be present is the foundation for mind mastery. And there's a lot of other factors to mind mastery, things that I will cover, happily cover in future podcasts. But the biggest takeaway for this episode four, I hope for all of you, is that you have total control of your mind. You can completely control what comes in and what goes out. You can control the decisions you make by getting mastery over your mind, which requires you to be present in the moment. And if you're not present, if you're annoyed or frustrated or in fear, make sure that you take some deep breaths, take a bath, (laughs) write in a journal, listen to music, do whatever you have to do to get out of that reactivity. Don't allow yourself to make a decision when you're in that. Don't villainize it. Don't tell yourself, this is bad. I shouldn't be annoyed. I can't believe I'm frustrated. I can't believe I'm afraid. You are. That's normal. That's human. But don't allow yourself to make a decision from that place. Let it simmer. Let it calm down. Accept it. Let go of it. It'll feel like you're releasing a weight or it'll feel like you're just 
able to breathe deeper because you're just accepting that these emotions and feelings are normal, but you're still not allowing the ego to take the driver's seat. And so whether it's fear that comes up around money and you're trying to sell your car, but you, you acknowledge that and you accept that, but you do something to divert your energy and ultimately not sell the car because you know, that's not a heart-based decision. It's a fear-based decision. And again, fear-based, annoyance-based, frustration-based decisions are always going to be wrong. Decisions from your brain, your mind, your cognitive processing are always going to be wrong. They're always going to put you on a lower timeline and in a lower frequency than when you make the decisions that come from the heart. And I can tell you this much, decisions that you make from the heart do not always feel good. They don't always feel like you've made the right decision. I I want to end this podcast on that note because I think there's another assumption that people make that when you're making the right decisions, the best decisions, which are the ones that come from your heart, that come from the voice of God within you, it's a feeling, it's a knowing, they don't always feel good. And you don't always get a sense of satisfaction immediately when you make those decisions. Like, okay, yep, I totally, I I see this. This is the best decision. It doesn't always look like that. Sometimes it does. Sometimes you make a heart-based decision. You're like, yep, I, I know I'm doing the right thing. Thank God, this is great. But sometimes you still have a lingering doubt. That's also normal. And when I left New York... I knew, I knew in my soul, like I knew it was the right decision because I felt it. I envisioned myself going into my office every day and that didn't feel peaceful. There was a piece of it that felt upsetting in my body, not my brain. You have to be in your body to make heart-based decisions. It didn't feel peaceful. I could feel the pain of leaving my daughter every day. So I knew this isn't it. This it, it, Because life isn't supposed to feel that way. When you're making the right decisions, it feels natural to your body. So when I pictured myself being with my daughter every day and hugging her and holding her and getting to watch her first steps, I was envisioning all these future things to see how am I going to feel? How do I feel when I picture being able to wake up in the morning with my daughter? How do I feel when I picture watching her take her first steps? that felt warm to me. That felt opening to me in my body. When I pictured going to my office every day, getting dressed, wearing a suit, negotiating big deals, even my pro bono work, because that was pretty much my favorite. It felt like a disconnect because my heart kept going, but, but my daughter, but my daughter in my heart, in my body, in my soul. Now, my brain was having a very different conversation. My brain was trying to justify it. And my brain was saying, yeah, but, yeah, but you'll give her a better life if you stay because the money and the success, and you'll be showing her an empowered mother. And believe me, my brain went in so many different directions that were incompatible with what I was feeling. And ultimately, I had to shut that down. I had to exert my mastery over my mind and say, stop, enough. Because the mind isn't going to stop doing that. The ego isn't going to stop trying to convince you. So I knew in my body what the right decision was. But once I made it, 
I had a simultaneous sense of freedom, like I had <laughs> sprouted wings, like, oh my gosh, I'm embarking on a new life. And there was definitely excitement. I was moving to Hawaii. I was a mom. I was going to be able to be home with my daughter and spend all this time as a mother with my daughter. And at the very same time, my brain and my mind had an extreme sense of fear. Like, oh my gosh, did I just make the worst decision of my life? So imagine even as a person who has total mind mastery, and I did make the right decision, which I shared with you earlier, the best decision I could have ever made in my life. But I still was in my brain, my ego, my my overreactive mind was going, did you just make the biggest mistake of your life? Like, what are you doing? You sure this is going to be the best thing for your daughter? Is this going to be the best example of a mother? And and you're getting divorced. Is that what is that going to do? Right? My brain didn't stop. So I want to leave you with that too, that even when you make the absolute best decision, the absolute highest life path decision, the absolute heart-based decision, your mind, your ego, your brain, the cognitive thinking process, the fear, the worry, the doubt, the annoyance, the frustration, whatever it is, even when you have mind mastery, that stuff may still continue for quite a while. And I have to tell you for me with that, because that was some major life decisions all made at once quitting the job, being a new mother, getting a divorce and moving 6,000 miles away from my entire life. (laughs) That chatter in my mind went on, on and off for about six months, like I said earlier. So just because you make the right decision, do not expect that all's just going to be peachy. (laughs) You're just going to be like, yep, now I am like feeling amazing every second. That's not real. It's not some decisions, yeah. Some decisions you're like, oh my gosh, that was absolutely the right decision. Like I did it and thank God. And you're immediately mentally aware that it was the best decision. But then you have the ones that aren't so much like that, where you're like, was this right? And you're back and forth and you're back and forth and you're back and forth. When you have mind mastery, it doesn't mean that you're not back and forth. It means that you don't allow back and forth to change the heart-based decision. And you come up with better ways as you continue on the journey of mind mastery, you come up with better ways to quiet that mind. So I don't indulge it when my mind wants to do things like that, like it did over the weekend with being annoyed. I'm like, okay, that's enough. Like at some point discipline comes in with the mind mastery and it's like, that's enough. You're, you're not going to keep being annoyed every two hours here. What, what do you need to do to get out of this annoyance? Like stop with the brain activations here. And that's when I went into the present. That's what always helps the most. You get into the present. You're like, what am I doing right here? And yes, this opportunity to be in this time, in this place with my son doing this thing, that is the most important thing. So stop being annoyed. And then it went away and I wasn't, again, I wasn't annoyed for the rest of the weekend. Now, back when I left New York and made all those major decisions, because those were so major, those were massive, radically life-altering decisions on every, I mean, getting a divorce, being a mom, quitting a prestigious job, moving to a place you've you've never even been to, because I moved to a different island than the one I had lived on at 18 for a period of a year. But those are massive. So that didn't happen right away. And 
periodically I would have to come into the present as well. I would look out at the ocean. I would take my daughter to the beach. I would watch a sunset. I would get very present and say, oh my gosh, I am on a beach in Hawaii watching a magnificent sunset with my beautifully perfect, healthy, amazing, adorable, precious little girl. Instead of being in New York City, concrete jungle, phones ringing off the hook, clients needing deal docs, <laughs> closings of deals, dealing with government agencies, dealing with all of that, which I loved before I had kids. Before I had my daughter, I did love it. I thrived in that environment. But I'm like, be present, Leanna. You're literally sitting on a beach in Hawaii, holding your beautiful daughter, watching a sunset. You're healthy. You're happy. You, Your whole future is ahead of you. It's a wide open journey. Anything and everything can be yours because you made this decision. So I would bring myself back to the present and I would do physical things to make that happen. I would take a hike. I took her on a lot of hikes in the backpack, the Kelty backpack. And I would just do as many things to keep myself in the present. Yoga, meditating, whatever it was to bring myself in that moment of saying, I'm never getting this back. I'm never getting this back. So why do I want to spend even five minutes of my time that I have with this beautiful angel of a daughter? Why do I want to spend that being worried or fearful or doubting myself? How could I doubt the, look at this, look at your life now. And yes, it's scary. Yes, you have no idea what the hell you're going to do and how you're going to support her and how you're going to deal with your whole situation. But, but look at this. Instead of your daughter being with a complete stranger, being with a nanny and you working crazy hours and never seeing the sunset because you're in a building, you're on a beach, breathing the cleanest air on earth, listening to the waves lap up against the shore, sitting on soft sand, watching an orange, pink and magenta sunset because the volcano is acting, is, is uh, erupting and causing the, the most beautiful colors you've ever seen in your life. And those moments are etched in my mind. Those moments are priceless. And when I was having them, I was fully in the present. And that's what took me out of the reactive place, out of allowing my brain to, to waste my precious moments, right? Because when you don't have mastery over your mind and you allow your mind to keep going in those loops, you're giving permission for your ego to hijack your life. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. You're allowing your ego to hijack your life because your brain's going in these directions, worry, fear, stress, anxiety. Did I make the right decision? Nothing good is coming of that because I knew I had already made the heart-based decision. So what possible good could come from my brain checking out when you have those kinds of thoughts, fear, anxiety, frustration, stress, you are checking out of the present, which literally means you're checking out of your actual life because your actual life is only happening right this second. So when you're not fully present, you are checked out and you have to get a grip really quick. You're like, wait a minute, I don't want to check out of my life. I don't want to check out of the time I have with my daughter. I'm here, I'm on the beach. Like I need to be present with that and continually bringing myself back to the present, being in a state of gratitude is what got me 
to not be reactive. But that doesn't mean, like I said, that the feelings didn't come because they would come and go for a good six months until I finally purged it all. I'm like, okay, I've, I have settled into this life. I have made peace with my mind that wanted to keep bringing me back to New York. And my heart knows. My heart is so much wiser. My higher self, my soul. This is a decision that was guided by the divine, guided by Jesus. So it just took a period of six or so months to completely get my mind to quiet down and stop doing that. And that's because I had mind mastery. Thank God. Thank God I had mastered my mind a long, long time ago, or I would have never, probably would have never made the decision to begin with, but definitely would have went running back because the thoughts were just nonstop, as were the outside voices, the people that were telling me to go back, <laughs> flying to Hawaii to get me to go back. And I did have the, the lone voices of my parents who told me, you know, you made the right decision. So that helped also. It does, it does help to have somebody confirm that for you. I found that extremely comforting, <laughs> which is nice. We don't always have that, but it, but it is nice to have that. So that's the note I want to leave you with is to know that even once you've made a decision from the heart and you know that it is the right decision, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to feel instantly great right away. It may take some time. So I hope you have all found something valuable in episode four of She Can Have It All. And I look forward to the next episode. Always such great topics that come up for this podcast. I love you guys and I hope you have an amazing day. You can find me on Instagram at Leanna Shanti. And you can find all of my programs for healing and spiritual programs at LeannaShanti.com. And for everything health-related, healing candida, programs in women's hormones, men's health, children's health, brain health, dental health, and for my health coach certification school, you can find that on Instagram at HMI Nutrition School or on the web at HMINutrition.com. For business programs, you can find those at 12dbschool.com.